Welcome back to Seriously Funny. I'm your host, Mashnor Kabir, and I draw rabbits. This week on our two-yearth episode, uh, there's 52 weeks per year. I haven't missed a week. 52 times two is 104. This is episode 104. Although I've technically made 106 episodes uh, since there's two episodes sitting in the vault for you. This is better than the 100th episode, which I completely forgot I was recording four weeks ago. I'm not going to lie. But hey, two years, we have 3,000, a little over 3,000 plays, which is about 1.5 thousand per year or about 28 listens per week. And that's definitely not happening. 12, not getting 28 listens per week. Some episodes are listened to a lot uh, while uh, others are listened to not at all. And so... Uh, my most listened to episode is undoubtedly the bo- undoubtedly the book review for the fifth vital, and I still keep forgetting to do more book reviews. But don't worry, we have one in the pipeline coming up soon for the happiness advantage. That one takes a little bit. I want to. I make notes in all the books, so it, it's probably a lot easier than for some people. But uh, for me, I, I still have to go through, find some quotes I really like, really find uh, you know remember again because a lot of these books it's been so long since I've read because you know, college really stops me from uh, reading for fun and such. So yeah, uh, the lighting, my face is probably lit a, a bit better than normal. That's kind of cool. But if I look up a bit too much, you can, there goes, there goes my eye. Um, but uh, where are we? Uh, uh, I have a topic for next week. So the book review will probably be out in like probably three to four weeks, honestly, I have a few topics that I that I want to go over. Um, but this week, I talk about a random thought that came into my mind. And two years, uh, go ahead and make that number bigger, hit the buttons. Uh, and as for what you what we're going to do going forward, uh, for this 140, you know, something has to change, right? Just just for funsies, uh, I'm removing the episode numbers from the title of the ep- podcast okay it's, I just, I, it's it's wasting space all right i put the episode number in the data of the episode so if you're listening on apple Podcasts or spotify it should say like season one episode 104 um somewhere on there so you don't need it in the title also uh i like i keep track of them myself like uh most of my scripts like have ep whatever written in front of it and, and i know where i am uh so you know, I'm getting out, I'm getting it out of the title. None of that. Uh, it, this is more prevalent for audio listeners. If you're aware of my YouTube and the the video version of the podcast, I already started really kind of phasing out the episode, whatever number in the YouTube title title, because I wanted better titles. And I felt like having an episode number, just maybe people saw it and they're like, Oh, I don't want to just jump in on, on episode 100 and whatever. Um, so remove that a while ago. And I'm going to build a PC uh, tomorrow, hopefully. So uh, I guess you won't see it. It'll be like this way. So it won't be visible to you, but there's an EVJ 3080. There's an Intel i5 uh, 12600K or 12, yeah, 12600K if I'm not wrong. And uh, there's uh, some power supplies and stuff going on over there. But yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll show you if you're a video listener, I'll show the system briefly um, uh, uh, next week, I guess, uh, or next, next episode because um, this comes out next week for me but anyways uh yeah that's gonna be fun buddy's gonna help me and i'm super excited to build with him he's helped me uh 
pick out all the parts and we you know he's he's been messaging me like oh and when when is everything coming like over and over and he's like bro i'm so excited and I, he he's like he's a, he's a veteran builder he's done this multiple times he's done hard line tubing if you know what that is like water cooling and hard tubing he's he's done a lot of really like done a lot of stuff he knows what he's doing when he's building the pc i've just watched a lot of youtube videos and i've wanted to build one for a while and he 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 pushed me to finally make the first purchase in which case you know i'm gonna go make the rest of the purchases that's why 2k i'm gonna keep this thing for a long time it's not like my macbook where you know i want to keep that upgraded and, and keep getting the newest a just because i'm an apple shill and and b because um i'm a final cut editor i do i use apple pages for my writing in notion too uh, most mostly notion i use apple pages for writing keynotes or pitch presentation for making presentation and pitch pitches optimized for for mac and uh, final cut everything i'm a mac user to be honest i do everything on mac so mac is a bit more what i'm focused on when in terms of getting work done i just want a nice good window system that i can keep for a long time that i don't have to upgrade much i upgrade anything it'll be like fans the case mostly aesthetic things to like change the look keep it fresh every now and then maybe but uh, like 3080 i'm good for a long time those 40 cards are going to consume way too much energy um and then the intel chip it's a it's an i5 i'm i very much doubt that i'm ever going to need anything more than that to be honest with again i'm just going to play video games i it has 10 cores like it'll probably do what i need to do and the video games i play are very rarely intensive that intensive cyberpunk is probably the most intensive game i would play but apex legends that's going to be more gpu genshin impact it's 60 frames locked like i'm i'm gonna hit 60 frames on genshin i think i'll be okay you would get a 30 50 and hit 16 on 60 on 60 on genshin um it's, it's a it's a mobile game for god's sake but um yeah I'm, I'm super happy with uh the pieces and hopefully everything works and hopefully everything fires up i do have class for the first time uh, for summer my first summer semester and my summer semester one class my marketing class uh, at five so hopefully we get it done before that if not it's the first class it's just going to be intro stuff i'll just put headphones on or something while i continue building who cares um anyways let's get on to the actual episode maybe i'll talk some more about it uh if i have time later or in the next one after everything's built I think that we all have a way of interacting with the world, a different way of interfacing with it, if you will, which is all a fancy way of saying that we all have a different way that we leave our mark on the world, per se. Usually I have separate points, but today I'm going to go a bit more advanced, a bit more, a bit more advanced. I, I, I can't come up with another word. Advanced. Uh, and I'm going to mix the first and second point. I'm just going to make it this homogenous mixture. Just slash them together, blend them, mix them like a professional rather than just point by point, you know, because I'm cool like that. And something that I've heard before is that everyone has an innate desire to be remembered, to leave a mark on the world, to leave a legacy. For some people, it's as simple as having kids. And for others, they start multi-billion dollar businesses. I know people who want to do both. I know someone who'd love to be a multi-billion dollar business guy. And I know someone who just, you know, they want to get to a place in life where they can just have a family and live their lives. And now the question then is whether or not this is a universal desire and whether or not it's, you know, everyone legitimately does have this innate drive to want to be remembered or to leave a legacy and my gut reaction is no i don't think that everyone has some need 
to leave something behind, to leave a trace of them, to yell to the people of the future, or maybe yell to the void, uh, I was here. I think that most people definitely think it's cool or or think it wouldn't be bad. Like, I don't think anyone would be like, oh, I don't want to, you know, mark for me. It's just too hard. But, you know, if it happened, I think most people are like, yeah, that's awesome. Uh, but I don't think that there's, you know, I don't think there's many people that want to exist and then disappear, uh, leaving nothing behind. The exception being maybe depressed people, uh, of course, but I think that's a result of cognitive distortions more than a genuine uh, contempt of being remembered, you know, you depressed, your brain isn't exactly going to think in a perfectly rational and clear way all the time. Personally, I don't really have a massive drive to be remembered myself. I think that if someone told me, uh, they came up to me and they're like, after you die, every bit of content you ever made, gone, poof, disappeared. I'd probably be pretty okay with that. Uh, I, I mean, like, I'd shrug my shoulders. You know, I, if I'm dead, it's not really my problem who does or doesn't see my content. While I'm alive, big problem of mine, okay? Share it. All your friends. Right now. Stop. Stop. Hit pause. Don't know. Don't hit pause. It's an effing podcast. You don't have to hit pause. Hit the share button. All right? Do it. Now, uh, you know, if I'm dead, doesn't really matter who sees it, who it's impacting. It's not much an issue. I mean, I won't be dealing with many direct consequences after I'm dead with, you know, who does or doesn't see my content, how it impacts them. I mean, I guess that depends on how religious you are, though. Uh, Then we go back to interfacing with the world. This is our way of leaving that mark on the world. Uh, Whether you want to or don't want to be remembered, we all have some way that we go about leaving some sort of mark on the world, drawing on the world at some point or the universe, whatever. If it's not driven by wanting to be remembered, which actually connects a bit to our episode from last week on liminal spaces, we talked about uh, as uh, uh, this is going to, this is going to take a few attempts, ready? Athazagoraphobia, athazagoraphobia, the fear of being forgotten. That was like two attempts. That was incredible. The fear of being forgotten. And one of the parts of liminal spaces that cause the sense of discomfort is that uh, that emptiness in the picture, the, the fact that there's no one in them, the, the area being seemingly forgotten, lost in time, stuck in between this dimension and another one. Our desire to communicate on a sort of, uh, or our desire to continue on uh, creates a sort of discomfort when we see the pictures. Though that was last episode, whether it be driven by the fear of being forgotten or driven by sheer boredom, we all want to, if not leave a mark on the world, at the very least, draw on the walls. Uh, Unless, of course, you're enlightened, then, you know, you don't have desires at all. But I still want to work at Apple, so here we are. But yeah, usually if it's not for the sake of being remembered or having a legacy or whatever, it's just because you're bored. Like, what else would you do? You know, like, if you're not going to leave a mark, you're what are you just going to sit there? Like you got to do something Uh, with this desire to mark on the world. We can say that different people have different ways of interacting with the world, different ways. They draw on the walls, different markers. They use Uh, my marker. My way of interacting with the world is fundamentally. It's not speaking, not even creating content per se. It's writing. Uh, writing is the basis for all of the other ways that I put things in the universe, whether it be personally, hand, like the way that one of the ways that I uh, grew so much and I, I observed myself so much and I handled myself so much. And when I was 
you know, transitioning into becoming, uh, into evolving myself uh, when I was, when I was younger, a few years ago, uh, then at that point, you know, one of the ways that I went about like analyzing myself and, and synthesizing everything I was doing and, and what I wanted and what I didn't want, like all I, I, I wrote, I still have the notebook from when I was in ninth grade was when I started writing it to uh, when I got to about 11th, uh, like maybe a little bit into 12th grade, my senior year of high school. I, 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 the, it's in my closet. It's a blue notebook. Now I have a black one. And, and now I write in that one whenever. Oh, honestly, I, I only write in that when it like gets real, real super. Uh, like when the mind, like when I legitimately like my brain is just not able to sort things out. Generally at this point, I don't need it. But every now and then, if anything happens where I, I'm just like, I, I gotta, like writing is my way of really like, that's the the therapy that I'll use writing. Uh, that's that's the best way for me to understand and and get everything out of my head and and put it in a cohesive manner. Because when I write, even just the act of writing, then my mind will automatically begin to like run it through an untangler machine, and um, it'll get untangled and then put it on the paper, and then I can look over it if I need to. But generally, just the act of writing, not even rereading it, just just writing in itself will will help me understand things and help me get things through. But uh, like writing is the, like I said, the basis for the way that I interact with the universe in general. From, from this podcast to my YouTube videos, all the content I make, even my research for like sleep and I'm doing loneliness and solitude right now or, or whatever it may be. I don't just read a bunch of papers and then talk to you about them. I, I write everything down in a way that's my own and, and I hope easily readable. Right. If you've ever actually clicked the source material for the research episodes, whether it be the mRNA vaccine stuff, the psychopathology stuff like mental disorders, uh, the sleep stuff, or uh, in a few days here, the solitude and loneliness stuff. If you've ever hit that, like if you ever hit the source and went to the notion page, it's all pretty, I think, in my like, in my opinion, easily readable, easy to go through, easy to digest, find your way around. You don't, it doesn't need to be read sequentially. Like if you want to just hop around, because I understand this is like a wiki sort of page. I don't want to make it so like it's a book where you have to read every section down, like up to down. It's like, oh, I'm going to go to the sleep deprivation page and I just want to know how to sleep better. Like you don't need to read any other part to read that section. Or I'm going to go to the... Um, personality disorder page and look into uh, cluster C personality disorders. Uh, uh, what's what what is what's it called? Not not attractiveness. Um, not attention. Uh, attachment. Like I want to look at the attachment disorders. Like you don't need to read the cluster A and cluster B ones. You don't need to read all of the mood disorders. Like if they're linked, if they're li like correlated in any way, like it's written there, like it's connected. I'll literally like have a backlink to a different page if it's necessary. Like I'll, I'll, I'll it, it's all self-contained and all hopefully compact enough. Uh, compactness definitely isn't ever my, my forte. I mean, I'm already 16 minutes in and I'm not even done with the first effing point here, but you know, all of these things, I write them down in a way that's easily reasonable. I, I write everything. I'm, I, I write. 
I've been writing for years now as well, whether it be long text messages that I've just been sending since uh, I was running in a, uh, you know, since I was leading an Agario clan or my blog, which I started when I was in, you know, when I more or less like a few months into high school or even now this podcast and, and my YouTube channel. I, you know, I, I script out both of these things fully. For the podcast, I go off script a lot. Even right now, this is off script. But the YouTube videos, honestly, unless I'm forgetting what the script says verbatim, like the YouTube videos are like full scripted, basically. I memorize it uh, every now and then I'll cheat and read off the, the script because sometimes it's just a lot of bullet points. And I think there's also a rhetorical advantage of me like reading off this list of bullet points because like the, the the sensation that I want to give off sometimes like when I'm like, oh, these are the effects of sleep deprivation. Like I want to make it so I have to read this iPad because there's so much to remember that I can't remember it all. Like that's the sort of like psychological sort of like thing that I'm trying to convey when I do that sometimes. So sometimes it's on purpose. It does make my life easier for sure. But sometimes there's a rhetorical component to it as well. You know, I know 5D chess, crazy. But, you know, I've just been writing for, for a long time. I, I write. It's how I interface with the world. But this is only my way, my personal way of interacting with the world. Other people have a similar way of doing it, maybe, uh, you know, but not everyone. Other people can be writers, but not everyone's a writer. You know, you might be listening to this like, I, I don't write anything down ever. Some people build buildings. Some people build circuits, which... You know, looking at my major should probably be my way of interacting with the world. But here I am, shout out marketing. Uh, other people do it by helping people, being doctors. Some people do what I think is one of the greatest things someone can do, research uh, by learning new information and giving it to the world. We, we progress humanity, right? Now, research has a lot of bias and a lot of bad things going on in there. But looking past that, research in itself is a pretty good thing to do, in my opinion. If not research, some people are physicists, their way of interacting with the world, uh, maybe studying the universe and, and understanding it. Uh, some people create things, you know, maybe these are the business people, the entrepreneurs that start, you know, big old fat companies. There's an innumerable amount of ways to interact with the world. Everyone has a different one. Yours may be something I said, and it may be something else. I don't think that any of them are better than any others inherently by any means necessary, right? Except research, of course, uh, there's no better way to be a pretentious, condescending jerk than to be a researcher. I guess you could also be a lawyer too, though, so I don't know. You know. I think that if your goal is to have your name remembered uh, or your legacy remembered, I think then you can say some methods are better than others if you have like, you know, then, then you have a reference point to compare things to. But uh, then, uh, you know, some methods are going to be better if you want your name remembered than others will be. Uh, although these days I'm not sure who will and won't be remembered. I don't know what they'll be teaching in history classes in a few years, but I doubt that in 200 years, Elon Musk, unless he cracks the code to living forever, uh, won't be remembered. There's also a chance that humanity doesn't exist in 200 years. I mean, have you seen the gas prices? So that might also be the reason that no one's able to be remembered because everyone's gone might happen. That's kind of interesting to think about, though. Uh, there's a lot of moments in history that are, well, history, but I don't think that, you know, I don't think anyone will ever forget, like, 
World War II, and as good or bad as it is, like the name Hitler probably won't ever be forgotten along with the actions that went along with that name. Then there's America. You know, George Washington will probably be around for a while, regardless of how good or bad of a human being he you know, actually was, at least by today's standards. Uh, Isaac Newton, Albert Einstein, these, there are some names that will like just be there. They are not going to be forgotten as long as we continue as a society and species unless we send each other back, send everyone to back to the Stone Ages with, with World War Four, as Albert Einstein said. But uh, these days, I like very few researchers are as prolific in their discoveries as like, say, Isaac Newton and Albert Einstein uh, just it's just harder to discover that much stuff since it's so since too much has been discovered already like for newton like being as plugged into the universe as it was it's like pretty easy to oh this is calculus oh this is gravity oh this is motion like knocking them off one by one just over and over nowadays in order to like discover one thing you need to research for like 50 years and use a ton of technology, parse through a bunch of data or write a big old fat algorithm to parse through the data. Like it's really, really hard to do that now. All right. Like just making one discovery is just takes longer. And so it's harder to make as many as they did. Um, it's just harder to discover that much stuff. And even when some of these people discover things, their names behind, like the names behind these discoveries are not really remembered. Like there's a lot of technology. So the James Webb telescope got launched a few you know, months ago now, month, months, I think it is months, months ago now. And the thing is, I don't like, first of all, other than James Webb, how many like researchers and people that invented that, do you know the names of, unless you're an enthusiast and B, the amount of technology that was probably discovered in research in order to make that thing is probably enormous. Like there's a lot of like R and D that went into just that thing. And they, of course they use discoveries that were already made and known, and maybe they shaped them, you know, in the way that they needed to. But like a lot of discoveries were probably made just to get that telescope in the F and in, into space and to do what it does. The issue or not, it's not an issue per se, but the thing is, you probably don't know the names of a single one of the people that researched these discoveries. You might learn about the discoveries one day in, in a, a class here or a class there, and they're going to say, oh, we had this super incredible discovery by X person, and they're just going to gloss over the person and keep talking about the discovery. The person's not going to, like, that's not the emphasis. There's just not much emphasis uh, on the uh, on the author compared to the title. Even when you, like, look at a research when you're reading these, Titled, the authors are like four point font, like under the F and twelve, like thirty point font title. Um, maybe it's not a very bad idea to let go of wanting to be remembered, wanting to be forgotten. Uh, then you know, being remembered. Look, being remembered is really hard. I guess if you have enough money, you can like just like my college does. You can just fund a building and have your name on it forever, right? I mean, a lot of a lot of the buildings at my college are named after people that gave money to the college. But I don't think that, you know, most things are like funny today, disgusting today, but ultimately it'll be forgotten tomorrow. A tweet Elon makes, it's great today, a lot of articles today, give it a week, we're on to the next thing.
on to the next tweet. Um, you know, from Elon buying Twitter to your friend getting canceled because of their bad anime takes. Granted, if your friend thinks Jujutsu Kaisen is mid, then I'd cancel them too. Like These things just, everything gets forgotten these days. Everything moves so quickly and it's very hard for anything to stick. And I think just being remembered is a really hard thing to do. Like, who remembers Jake Paul's name at this point, right? Like, he did a bunch of crazy publicity things and... Honestly, his publicity was good. Like, as much as you want to not like the guy, I wouldn't say that I'm very fond of him, but the in terms of, like, PR and, like, getting the name out there known, he did a good job in terms of just raw marketing. Like, I got to give him credit. I don't like the method, but I can't say that it doesn't work. Um, again, if I don't like it, I'm not going to use it. That's just, you know, just being the person I am. If I don't like something, I'm generally not going to do it. But... If I have time left, which uh, I don't, but whatever, it's, it's summer. What else do I have to do to, every day? I mean, my entire day is going to be dedicated to editing this anyways. So whatever. I'm just getting through today. Today is just, you know, sometimes you have a day where you're like, I just need to go to sleep. Like that's the whole goal today. Just exist for a while and go to sleep because tomorrow is a better day, you know, more things to do tomorrow. Yesterday, I just had work and uh, days I have work, I'm like, I'll go home and I'll do something like at least one thing. But then like, man, even like six hours of physical labor really gets to you. Like, it's crazy. You know, I I never thought it would be much of an issue. But then honestly, to be honest, my energy, like I don't feel tired exactly. I just like very low on, on drive. I guess like there's this mental drain. It's not tired per se, but it's just, I'm drained. And I'm like, I don't, I could probably do this thing, but I feel like to one extent, A, I just don't want to. And B, like, I feel like I'm going to do the thing injustice. Like if I do research on a Saturday after work, I feel like the papers I read, I won't be giving them the attention they deserve. But anyways, uh, if I have time, which I don't, but whatever, uh, I want to talk about this. I recently finally watched a very popular anime movie, anime movie, anime movie and a movie works anime movie i want to eat your pancreas great name uh, it was absolutely incredible uh, it had an incredible twist like a like really good i'm always super super like surprised and very pleased whenever like a, a plot twist is actually like surprising because generally you can guess what's going to happen and that you know just because you can guess what is going to happen doesn't mean it'll be you know bad but it's like when I'm actually surprised, when I'm when the plot is legitimately twisted, and I'm like, "Whoa, what?" I that was unexpected. When something like that happens, uh, I it was just like it's very surprising, and I'm, I'm I love when that happens. Uh, to avoid, but you know, generally, just the movie was was provo- very thought provoking and honestly heart wrenching at points. To avoid spoilers, the the story is about a girl who has a pancreatic issue. doesn't say what exactly, but just something wrong with her pancreas. uh, And she doesn't want to tell anyone, her friends, etc. about it because it's terminal. Uh, This isn't a spoiler. This literally happens in like the first five minutes of the movie. Uh, She doesn't know when, but she knows at some point, you know, she's going to, you know, die because of this illness. Uh, By accident, a quiet bookworm, who was also at the hospital, uh, just to get an appendicitis and just to check out his appendix or something. Uh, he on accident uh, finds uh, a, a diary. He thought it was a book. And so he was like, oh, a book. I'm a book. I read books. I like books. What's this book called? And so he finds the book. It was a diary. Uh, and he found the title and it was titled Living with Dying. Uh, and, and it was her diary. 
Uh, and since the title was because, uh, you know, she's, she's alive. She's living at the moment, but she knows she's going to die, like for a fact. And so there's this strange sort of, um, like, I'm alive, kind of, uh, like also dead at the same time. Uh, so the girl finds him reading this book and she's like, oh, that's mine. Uh, and uh, uh, where he, he did read, he saw, like he read it and he's, he saw the illness, like where she, he found that he stumbled upon the page where she said, yep, I'm, I'm going to die. Uh, and uh, she like found him reading the book and she said to him, yeah, I'm going to die. Like, like kind of just like pretty nonchalantly. And he, uh, he responds like a dead fish. Uh, he's just like, oh, I see. And then he like just continued on with his day. His number got called to the hospital. He put the book down and he's like, okay, uh, that's yours. Uh, have fun with that. And then he was just uh, packing up his bag. He's like, okay, time to go on. Uh, and she's just like, Ayo, what? Like most people would be all sympathetic and stuff if they heard this, you know, most people, be like, oh my God, that, well, that's, that's crazy. But this guy's just like, okay, sick. Um, she finds him at school. They go to the same school and she starts hanging out with this, this bookworm that didn't really have friends because he's stuck his head in books all day. And she starts hanging out with him. And, you know, after that, well, watch the movie. Uh, it's available on Netflix if you have a VPN, because for some reason it's not available in America. Um, and if you don't have Netflix or a VPN, it is on the internet. I'm not going to promote anything, but I'm just going to say it's on the internet. Uh, I highly recommend it. Uh, it was really good. I'm super glad I was able to watch it. Finally, I you know, made the time uh, really, really very good. Lived up to everything. But this idea of living with dying was really interesting uh, the female main character fmc was pretty upbeat she was like really like happy-go-lucky girl uh, and she, she wasn't depressed at all like she was very like you know gonna cross everything off the bucket list like very excited sort of like uh, attitude i think that some people may have that reaction when like for terminal illnesses uh, right some people are like super like okay that's just fine okay fine I'll, that just means that everything i wanted to do in life i'm doing right now i'm gonna be i'm gonna live hedonistic for a bit um and, and some people like will be just super positive like they're like okay i'll accept that um other people may be complete denial right in the opposite way and some people might become depressed which is probably the most like understanding reaction most people you know most people would be like yeah that makes sense right you figure out you're gonna die you're pretty sad about it um our reactions make sense uh, all of them even that super optimistic happy positive ones some that one might not make complete sense at the beginning if you're a layman but if you understand the the psychology psychology or i mean i guess the psychologies of reactions uh, there's, you know, but the one that probably makes the least sense is that happy one, right? It's just the least intuitive. You're like, oh, if you find out you're going to die, why would you get so happy? Um, but, uh, when you know for a fact that you're going to die, some people may hit a sort of pseudo enlightenment, to be honest. There's just like realizing, okay, well, nothing matters literally like in having a home won't matter in five years if I don't have five years left, you know? Um, and so understanding what is and isn't important, they gain a high level of insight uh, and maturity, giving them a level of peace. Some people don't get this. Some people just completely ignore the fact that they have some people, they don't have terminal illnesses. They just have illnesses. Uh, I mean, I'm, that's that's next week's topic. I'm, I'm next week's topic, next week's topic, uh, teaser. Um, 
This doesn't mean they're always completely okay with dying. Even the people that are super happy and, you know, they're, it's not that they're lying with their optimism. Sometimes they are. But a lot of times, you know, they're not exactly like cool with dying. It's just, uh, you know, just because you accept something doesn't mean you're okay with it. Uh, I, I think there's a lot of like people, uh, I guess now a lot of them are gone, but, you know, just just like 10, 15 years ago, there's a lot of World War II survivors from the, the Holocaust and the uh, uh, containment camps. And, you know, they probably weren't exactly happy with what happened or okay with what happened. But a lot of them came to accept the situation they were in uh, and they went through. Uh, and and that doesn't mean they're okay with it. You know, they definitely probably would have preferred that it didn't happen. But, you know, coming to terms with something, it's a, it's a healthy thing. It's something that you want to have. Um, but, you know, a lot of times, even when you're super happy-go-lucky, when you get this news, there's still this sense of, like, fear. Like, man, you know, I really don't want to die. Uh, sometimes the upbeatness can come from, you know, wanting to avoid that fear, right? It can be a defense mechanism for sure. It's a way to hide it. Uh, there's different reasons that someone may react anyway to anything. Again, if you study all the psychologies or are just intuitive in human psychology, you can, you know, put all the pieces together. And I think one of the lessons I learned was like, don't get confused when someone reacts some way, like look into it a little bit and you'll pretty, like, pretty quickly figure out why someone reacts a, a way to a thing. Sometimes the reason's really awesome. Sometimes the reason's less awesome. And, you know, when, when I see these things, I'm able to, you know, talk to people in a way that, that can resonate with, uh, with them. And, and they can, if they, if it does seem like they could be living in a better state of mind, then, uh, you know, if I can briefly assist them, I can, I'll briefly assist them. But, uh, uh, the, you know, the best way to find out why anyone reacts to something for the psychoanalysts out there. Uh, you know, if you want, if you really want to ask uh, me how to do it, uh, here, ready, ready, I'm going to tell you, ready? Ask them. Yeah, crazy. I know. Don't just sit there and assume that you know why someone reacts some way, even what I just said. When I said that I know, gen- like, I can figure out why someone reacts a way to think. Do you know how I know it? For the, for eight, 98% of the process, I think I like I have an idea. I have a an uh, a hypothesis. Do you know how I confirm that? Do you know where the other two percent comes from? I look them in the face holes, the eyeballs, and I say, "From talking to you, you said this, this, and this, and that tells me that it seems like this is why you are going about things in this manner." Am I right? And if they say no, then is there a chance it's denial? There's always a chance. But generally, if someone says no, like if you see them think about it for a second and really like take in what you said and they're like, nah, nah, I don't think so, then you're probably just wrong. Okay. And like, come on. Um, I kind of lost my original point there, but I think I've more than hit time. I have, I'm 15 minutes over. So we'll move on. Other than I want to eat your pancreas, I finished watching Love of Kill. Uh, It was okay. I wouldn't recommend it explicitly to be honest but if you're into the stereotypical overpowered character romance but this time there's some assassin stuff i would tell you to go watch spy x family which is going to be 50 times better i haven't watched the anime yet but i read the manga can confirm it is very good i've also read a good amount of the tokyo ghoul manga i'm on uh, i'm on chapter 90 now it's a bit different in a number of places especially from chapters like 80 to 90 
it's completely different. There's like a full arc that just was not touched at all. And there's like a bunch of details that are different uh, here on, on, in the manga. So it's a bit different in like in a number of places, especially there, but I'm not sure which one is better. I think that they're different. Uh, and I think that honestly, I think they're both good uh, in their own ways, like separately, you know, if we compare them, I, I'm, I'm bad at that. So I don't know, but I think the the anime as an anime was pretty solid. And I think the manga as a manga is really solid. And so, you know, they're different. Uh, I've also caught up to Baruto. Actually, I think an episode came out today and I caught up yesterday. So, so I'll probably watch that at some point. But probably going to be reading Oyasumi Pun Pun or start that on Monday or Tuesday. And uh, we'll get back to you whenever that starts. Summer classes will be starting uh, for me on Monday, which was last week for you. Uh, I mean, this this episode comes out video on Monday. So, you know. I have class today at some point, uh, and then I have class on Wednesdays, but three-hour classes, 5 to 8, goodness, like 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. It's wild. But uh, aside from that, I only have one class for summer semester one. I have two classes for summer semester two, so, you know, ramps up a bit. But so right now, though, we're, we're good. We're safe. We're, we're okay. Um, let's hope, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, that is all though for this episode of Seriously Funny. Uh, thank you so much for watching or listening or both. That's the optimal decision. Uh, I will talk at you next week. Much love. Uh, keep drawing on the walls of the world, however you want to. Unless it's really mean, don't draw mean things on the, on the walls. That's bad. But draw on the world. Uh in whatever way that you interface with it. I'm going to keep writing, and I hope that you keep uh, listening to that. Uh, I will talk at you next week. Peace.